If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast. It's my favorite day of the month. It's when we get together and sit around this table right here in Todd Studio One. To my right, as always, the punt, pass, and kick champion of Rutherford County for several years back in the <laughs> early 90s, late 90s, uh, Tyler Burnett, the, the CEO and founder and of Van Florida, of the GOAT family of brands, punt, pass, and kick. He can do it all. Yes, you can. Tyler, welcome to be to the show. Glad you're here today. Always glad to be here. <clears throat> you, you'll notice something different. You may see as our global audience watches us in Apple Spotify, you list them all. What's another YouTube, one? YouTube, Google, Amazon. You may notice that we have uh, headphones on, and we'll speak to that here in just a second. But but coming in from Brentwood, the calming force, the LinkedIn whisperer, uh, today he's got a hoodie, and that, that is significant. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, it says Nashville. What, do they have hockey in Nashville? You know, Nashville is a hockey town with a music problem. That's what they say. <laughs> hey, did, y- did y'all see that Goat Turf sponsored their Preds win last night? They have turf in hockey. No, they we just sponsored the win. Uh, did you I'm really yeah. angry right now? Okay, because yeah, we're gonna yeah wow. put him put put him in what do they call that in hockey timeout or what do you what is that called? Penalty you, box. The penalty box. Yeah, put him in the penalty box. Are you sponsoring the penalty box? Yes. Now he is. Anyways, he has a Nashville hockey shirt on, and I'll just say this because uh, I know Marty Mulford listens up there in, in Columbus, Ohio. He's the he VP does. for uh, Ohio's represented today. Yeah, we need to get you back here, Marty, to make uh, hockey great back in Nashville again. We got a great show for you today. We got a special guest coming all the way in from Charlotte, North Carolina. So he says to us in his hotel room, he's broken all the rules that Carl laid out to make sure that we have this thing work right. So we're flying by the seat of our pants, but we're, but we're building the plane as we fly it. Build a plane as we fly it. I like that. Yeah. Welcoming to the show, our good friend and and well known in Cincinnati, Ohio, Mr. Mel Gravely. Mel, welcome to the show. Hi guys, how you doing? Punk passing kick champion. I I, I, I got to get some background on that. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you got to dive it. into the archives. We're not going to go into the detail on this. <laughs> okay, we'll just, do it today. We'll skip. We'll talk yeah. this later. We'll, we'll we'll get into that for sure. Mel, we're glad you're here. I know you got uh, so many things to talk about. Uh, before we, we get into the topic of today's show, we always set the stage by saying that this is the Goat Consulting Podcast. You'll see that b- beautiful bottle of syrup right there in front of us because we serve it up in a way that you can get it. We we got that from one of our folks at, at Waffle House. They serve it up in a way that you can they get do. it. They do. Trying to sponsor, but... We're just we're getting to be there. careful. Every, every time we're building the platform. And, and you know, it's, it's about the stages of life and career. This platform is designed for people in their 20s who are trying to get in the game, in their 30s trying to move up in the game, in our 40s we're trying to stay in the game, in the 50s what the research says is we finally ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? Yeah. And then with all that, and this is goes to a tip a tip to the hat to uh, Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, the guy that created the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Uh, a goat in sports, it's easy to see. It's somebody that's recognized for their greatness. They elevate 
those around them by playing their game and doing what they do. But in business, it's more about unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy. They create new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity for everyone around them, which is why we brought in our guest today mm -hmm. who has a unique perspective, education, experience. Mel, uh, welcome to the show. John, I'm going to pass it off to you and uh, and let you do what you do so well. Well, thanks for that. And I can't wait for the world, our global audience, to meet Mel. He has just become one of my favorite people. And I'm going to break protocol a little bit here because I'm going to share a goat. And one of the ways that we honor our guests is we give them a chance to give us their definition of a goat, which Mel's going to do here shortly. But before I share some accolades and the reason he's a goat in, in so many uh, so many ways, you know, we've talked about goats being certainly people, businesses, products. I'm going to share a moment. This is my goat today. It is one of the greatest moments of all time, and we'll probably dive into it a little bit more, but about a year and a half ago... So it's not when we met for the first time. You know, that was one of them, Okay. but, you know, it's for a different, <laughs> it's a different podcast. All right. You know, this, we've got Mel here. I'm going to share this because this is the greatest, maybe, maybe the single-handedly the greatest moment I've ever experienced in business. And Mel and I have done some work together. We were up in his office in Cincinnati. He is the king of Ohio, the king of Cincinnati, by the way. <laughs> Share more about that here in a second. But the go moment first is we were in his, uh, in his office, conference room. There was about eight of us. This was about a year and a half ago. And we were kicking off a, a business relationship we managed some of the risk strategy and insurance for Mel and, and his company, Traversity. And Mel walks into the room and he sits down and he's got this presence about him. And he says, the most important thing here today is that you guys know that we have an expectation to be the very best client Lockton has. And we expect you to coach us on how to be that. And the rest of the meeting kind of followed that protocol. And it was this fascinating experience for me because I'd never heard that before. Yeah. And I still haven't. And we've talked about this over and over. I tell people this all the time, but it was a goat moment. It was out of humility and confidence and boldness. And I can't wait to talk more about it. So that's my goat for the day. It was a moment wrapped up in my first connection with Mel. But Mel's the CEO. He's the chairman of the board of the Traversity Construction Company. As I mentioned, they're based in Ohio, Ohio. Uh, doing about $95 million a year. Uh, Mel formerly served as a managing director of the Institute for Entrepreneurial Thinking, mm. a think tank focused on providing thought leadership and enhancing the growth of minority-owned businesses. He's written eight books. Awesome. 
Colby, how many have you read? <laughs> Books? Yes. Uh, dose. Okay. So he is at least quadrupled. But they're better, but they're better than mine. Well, the covers, well, the covers are for sure. <laughs> it's the covers. And uh, majority of these books, Mel, I think, are centered around the, the that was minority mean, entrepreneurship. That was really me. You challenged well, me. I need you to challenge me. It was out of love. Thank you. Um, Mel graduated from... Uh, Mount Union University, Kent State University with his MBA, and Union Institute University with his PhD. No so we're, we're, we're talking to Dr. A, Mel here. Yeah, he's a Division three guy. I love that. <laughs> he has D3 received oh, yeah. a number of awards and distinctions. Um, the Larry Alvis Entrepreneurship Award, Women Mentor of the Year. Award, 40 Under 40, multiple IBN 100% clubs, and Men of Honor Award. And just such a such a great person to be around, to be with, to learn from. And I'm just so impressed um, with what you've done. I'm honored to be able to have you on the show with us and for the world to get to connect and meet with you. So thank you for being here, Mel. Maybe you could, could just help us get to today in your story, your life, your career, some of your defining moments. Uh, help us, walk us to, to where you are today. Yeah, Mel, and when, and when you yeah. think about that, think think about, you know, the, the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. You obviously yeah. are doing what yeah. you really, really want to do, but it's kind yeah. of an odd path to get a PhD, write eight books, and say, I'm going to start a construction company. All right. And, yeah, and, yeah. And so Maybe we, the only person is, that's ever done that. Great example of perspective, education, experience, and we certainly love, are going to love to listen to that journey and how you got to where you are. Yeah, well, first, guys, thank you for uh, inviting me into to what you guys are doing here because I think it's special. I I think the camaraderie and the and the balance of, of of a serious topic with the levity of a friendship and connection and exploring ideas is is meaningful. I I checked out some of your other podcast moments and I'm humbled to be to be invited in. Listen, I've got some strengths. Uh, one of them is not talking about my journey, and so uh, perfect, I'll do the then. best I can. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for stretching me. Um, but so I'll 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 start by just trying to give the the highlights of, of things, and if you've got questions, we can delve into them. I, I find that um, they're much less interesting to to most people, and my kids continue to to confirm that for me. <laughs> um, but you know, I I, uh, I I'm a guy from uh, Canton, Ohio. It's a it's a relatively small town um, in northeast Ohio, uh, closest to Cleveland. If you're trying to find it on the map, um, and uh, grew up in kind of a steel town. Uh, parents uh, solidly in the in the middle class, worked in factories, got their education late. Uh, created expectations for my sister and I. I've got one sibling. And, uh, and, and I just got touched by a number of people along the way that, um, that influenced my life and my development. My parents were the first. Um, but by the time I got to college, there was a, a guy there, Hugh Jay. If you read it in my books, there, uh, many of them are fables. There's a uh, mm. wisdom figure in my books. And uh, the wisdom figure's name is Hugh. And that, that is a tip of the hat to, uh, to my college mentor, Hugh Jay, who's passed now. Um, but Hugh Jay touched my life in a, in, a, in a really meaningful way when I was a senior in high school. And he convinced me to go to Mount Union and, and started me on a corporate track where I met the folks from IBM. And um, man, I, I, uh, 
it was the first meeting I'd ever seen him when I worked uh, as a co-op. I, I met the folks at IBM and I instantly wanted to work for him. So when I graduated from college, I, uh, Mr. J helped uh, network me into working for IBM. And, and at the time they were the pillar of professionalism. They, mm. they were icons in their industry. They, they had systems and presence and position and market share and swagger. It was just an attractive situation for me, almost intoxicating. And uh, I, I joined IBM right after I graduated, uh, worked there for seven years. And I still say today that I would not be married to the woman I'm married to if it had not been for IBM. Because I had a lot of reasons why uh, her father wouldn't like me, um, a lot of reasons why he wouldn't like me. But he was an IBMer, and uh, and and we transcended all those other things because we both cool. worked at IBM at the time. So what is so, the, you know, I worked is at the IBM. Men of Honor Award? Is that from IBM? Yeah. And can you tell us? No, it's not. That, okay. that is a relatively recent honor. Um, the city of Cincinnati honors uh, African American males. Um, in various categories. And I got the, that award in the category of entrepreneurship. And uh, that was 2013, 2014 vintage John. I think that was John that asked that question. Yeah. 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 yeah for the audience, if you so, can't, if you can't see, we, uh, Mel is, is piped in through, through zoom. Is that yes. right? And so this is our, our first attempt to do that. And Mel, we appreciate you uh, stepping on a limb here and being with us. Um, and Mel's got this, you'll see it if you watch YouTube, he's got this really sharp, like, button-down shirt on. And I think he's got some feelings that I wore a hoodie today. I'm um, pissed off about the hoodie. I'm bothered. That makes sense. I, can you, I, Carl, can you say that I on our show? <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. I feel like I feel like this is a Mr. Rogers moment, you know. We're 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 we're, we're in front of Congress and we're asking for money. I mean, this is so, this is incredible. We had to beep that out. Uh, Jr., put that put that note. Please make sure that Mel gets one goat um, podcast, goat consulting podcast hoodie, uh, using the new brand, by the way, back here, the new brand. It's our, beautiful. So we'll, we get, we we'll get that to you. But here's what I love that you said. That's so cool. And it makes me think about my own journey. You said that you were intoxicated with IBM. Mm. And, yeah. and that is the way I felt when I started a college football team in 1998 with no phones, computers, players, uniforms. It was intoxicating to go to work every day. What made IBM intoxicating for you? And then how was that, how was that the, the flywheel that allowed you to continue to move forward? Yeah, it, it relates to to the theme of this of your podcast, the goat. There was no one better on the planet and technology than IBM, mm. and their people were the absolute best. I mean, how can you walk in to an IT department and tell the director, "I'm going to charge you thirty percent more than that guy over there," and you're going to like it? Yeah. Right. Wow. And IBM did it every single day. They didn't apologize for it. They had 80 percent of the market share in mainframe computers. We would tell vendors, tell customers, listen, you can buy that disk drive from that other vendor. But what you're going to tell your boss when it goes down in the middle of the night, you're going to tell them that you saved a couple million bucks. Yeah, of course not. Right. Um, and we backed it up. I mean, the service levels and the delivery and the training they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars training us. I mean, my first year 
at IBM was just a hundred percent getting on airplanes, going to training, coming back, shadowing people, going away from more training. So it was intoxicating because I was in the midst of the absolute best in their industry. There was a bit of a swagger, which I kind of dig. Mm. Um, How can you uh, not? And Yeah. And so uh, that's what it was, Colby. It was that attraction to it. We were some bad boys, man, at IBM, and and it was really good for me. It was really, really good. Mel, when I think about that moment, that goat moment that I shared about a few minutes ago, the end of that story that I didn't share is you said, look, we want to be the best client that you have because if we are, we know when things get dirty, when we need you in the trenches, when we need you to go be uh, above and beyond, you're going to do it. How has your journey, maybe some of the things you learned at IBM and along the way led you to that moment? Yeah, it's a great, man, you are insightful. You guys are pretty good at this, by the way. You don't, you don't suck. <laughs> it's, all, it's all John. Uh, you don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> you don't suck, which is almost <laughs> like good. <laughs> it's it's just under good, I think. Well, here, let, me, let, me, let me frame it this way, to, to, because John's asking what, what I want to ask, but I want to ask it in a more succinct way. Where did you? <laughs> wow, we're trying to suck Jeez. less for you, Mel. Where you just a less sucky sun. way. <laughs> where, where did you? Where did you have the the mindset to to walk into a meet? Because you know you know how those those meetings typically go. It's it's scripted. It's stand your ground. It's I'll take a step, you take a step. But you were vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You came in and said. Hey, we we want to be your best clients, and we need you to coach us to do that. Where does that come from through through your experiences? That's what that's it's what great. you want to know, right? It's great because it just as you're thinking about that, like I was, yeah. I just stepped out of a client relationship willingly because it was the worst relationship I've ever been in. If I've never been in an, in an abusive relationship, and I felt that way here, and this is is like the the total opposite of that. Yeah. Well, it's the taking a piece of the pie and only wanting something for, for theirself instead of making the pie bigger for everybody. Yeah, I like that. No, I agree. You know, think about it. Um, that's what I want from my customers. I want my customers to, to tell me what it takes to serve them the best I can. And in order for me to do that, I need my teammates in the, tr- in the trenches with me. There is going to be a war mm. one day. Hmm. Right. And I want to make sure whoever's in the foxhole with me is prepared to fire back. And uh, and to do that, I've got to start building that relationship on the first day. So, you know, if you notice, John, my team doesn't let me stay around long. Right. They invited me in (laughs) kind of to set the tone and then they invited me to leave. Because what they also know is if I get involved in the details, it just gets icky. But I set the tone pretty, pretty well, I think. You did. John, that's where it comes from. That is what I want from my customers. I want my customers to say, hey, Triversity, we need you to be a certain way for us and and, and call us to it and make it very, very clear. So uh, I've just decided, and it's been some years ago, we can't know everything. If I call the banker and I know more than the banker, I don't need the banker. Mm. So, you know, switching to Lockton from a local firm, which I had a personal relationship with for 20 years, was a pretty big decision for us. 
And I needed to put you guys on notice of who we were and what we expected and, and what you should expect from us. And But I, I said the same thing to our banker, who's Fifth Third Bank. Um, I, I say the same thing to the accounting firm, um, who almost got fired recently because mm. they forgot. Um, oh, wow. You know, so, so because how do we become the best? It, it, you guys should know this better than that we do, right? If mm-hmm. not, what the hell do I need you for? for and Colby, you've talked about that before. You call it an in-the-boat mentality. I've yeah. heard you share that yeah. in client meetings. Look, we're in the boat together. Yeah. That's how you've described Well, I, I love what Mel said, and um, it, it makes me think of my goat for today, and I'll hold on that. But, but to say one day there's going to be a war. I love it. And I need to know that the people that I have on my team are in the trenches with me. God, it's so Tyler, good. you wake up every day. Every time I walk into your your twenty one thousand square foot facility that has a bar, a TrackMan golf um, simulator, and batting cages, there's a hundred people running around crazy working all day, every day. Every day is a war for you out there. Get it done. Mel, one of the things I read about recently in an award that you won, um, it talked. I can't remember if I read it there or you shared this, but it was really it really stuck out to me as you talked about how your dad, when you were 18, insisted that you join your first board of directors for a nonprofit. Can you talk a little bit about that and and share that moment? Yeah, yeah first, I've got amazing parents um, and I'm blessed to have them both still still with us. Um, and, you know, my dad uh, is a. Um, is a, is a, you watch what he does. You don't have to listen to a whole lot about what he says. That doesn't mean he doesn't say a lot, but just don't listen to it. Just watch what he does. <laughs> um, and, and he was adamant that I joined this board. I was 18 years old. They had asked that he join. He was a city councilman at the time. He, he declined and, and suggested strongly that they take the, his 18 year old son. Wow. Um, but, but what that, what, what he was setting me up for was a broader perspective on life, on how things get done, on how people that are from unrelated places can attack a, mm. a, uh, a topic and make an impact on it when there's no profit uh, motivation to it, when there's only mm. the mission, when there's only the mission, here's how people can, um, can, can attack a thing. And, and I think it has really helped me in every aspect of my life. So much so that if you are an executive at our organization or hope to be one, you better get yourself on some not-for-profit boards wow. because uh, because I think it builds your leadership skills. It builds your perspective. It builds empathy. It lets you see other leadership styles. It just sets you up differently. And I don't want to work with anyone that doesn't have empathy and can't go chase a mission that is not just about themselves. I don't I don't want to work with people like that. So, so many great ideas wrapped up in, in what makes – other people attractive to you in terms mm-hmm. of how to build an organization. It makes me want to go ahead and ask the question so we can tell our audience, what is a goat to you? Mm. What is a goat? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, beyond your definition, which by the way, is the clearest articulation of a goat I've ever seen. We oh. all talk about it, but you broke it down. I mean, that is, uh, so if I were really being um, appropriate, I would simply write down what you said and say it back to you. And I don't <laughs> think that's what you're asking me to do. Here's how I would say it simply. A goat is someone, when you watch them, it looks easy. Mm-hmm. But what you discover is the, the, the rhythm, the grind, the effort, the preparation that is so consistent through their life. 
um, uh, that is a goat to me. When you watch them, you're like, wow, they make that look easy. I should go, uh, you know, be a newscaster. I should go be a football quarterback. Gosh, that looks so easy. I mean, what does he got to do, right? He never gets right. hit. Um, uh, so uh, t- that's a goat to me. It looks super easy. But what you find out later is what it took for Michael Jordan to mm. actually be that good. That's not my goat, though. I, I love that. I mean, I get chills. You know, what so I love well the most said. about what Mill said is I'm going to make it as simple as possible. Mm. And, and the idea of consistency and rhythm and doing the things that you have to do along the way to make it look easy. Um, you know where we are now. Now we got to go around the table. And you've, that's, you, that's you. Do you have a goat moment and a goat, or just a, that's it for you? Just Hanging a moment? on the goat moment today. All right, well, man. I, I love first and foremost the goat moment in the hoodie. <laughs> in the hoodie. <laughs> it's coming. That hoodie's coming to you. <laughs> I think this is Mel's goat moment. Me and the hoodie. Possibly. I, I love. I know about the Knoxville, uh, or the Knoxville <laughs> hockey thing? Yeah, I'm with Mel. <laughs> I, I'm with Mel. Oh, it's like <laughs> you were saying. I, I was just saying. I love one of your comments. I'm kind of dealing with something with my team right now, and and you made a statement that's going to be a great conversation piece. You said you want somebody that is willing to chase a mission that's not about themselves, mm-hmm. and we're having a challenge right now in my company. And what I just realized is the root cause of it is because they're only chasing something for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I want my team to be more than just people who chase something for themselves, but they chase it for the team and for our customers and for our vendors and, and all those things. So I really appreciate that. That's going to give me uh, a great talking point and what I want my team to be for, for this particular person, but for my whole team and my whole company moving forward. That's a tough one too, because uh, sometimes your best performers, um, at least on paper, uh, they're those people who are chasing it for themselves. And the question around culture is, are you really willing to say, I'll give up the sales impact or the production impact that you create by getting rid of you to keep the culture of we're pursuing a collective mission. We got to find ourselves in that mission. Yeah. Um, and that's a tough one to make a call on. And I will tell you, I don't, I don't uh, release people for, or help people find their, their path in another organization very often. But when I do, it's almost always for the same mm-hmm. reasons. It's, it, it's, it's, it's because they couldn't get an alignment with our mission. It, I love it. It's collective results versus status and ego. Right. And, and just because I know about Traversity, uh, Mel has somebody that not that long ago who I was close to in the organization that left and missed the mission, missed the leadership and the team so much that she came back. That's when you know you're winning. And I think when she left, it was stated there's always a place here. Maybe maybe in some form, some other iteration. And she, and she took it back. I love that. We have three people a year on average that leave our organization. Wow. Within 12 months, come back. Wow. And, 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 and you know, the one you're speaking to, John, is uh, a person. I mean, we've been together 14 years. I adore her. She's three awesome. companies together. And she was shocked when she walked in my office and announced she was leaving that I didn't try to make her stay. Mm. I don't ever try to make you stay. I will never counter an offer. I will never try to talk you out of it. I want to encourage you. If this is a blessing on your life and for your family, I will ask you why so I can make sure we're not doing something wrong and that you haven't been mistreated. 
but I will support your move. And if you come back, great. And if you don't, then I, I hope you've had a good experience with us and you could share it out in the world. We've had more disciples out in the world that believe we're doing something special. That's goatness right there. Well, Mel, Mel knows what Nick Saban knows, that the singular greatest competitive advantage that any organization can have is culture. And, and from where I sit at this table, he, he sure makes it look really easy. But, but I bet that has to do with <laughs> yeah. the amount of preparation, the rhythm, the effort that he had along the way. And I think we may have part two to, uh, to talk about that because uh, certainly you have so much to say. I do want to— He's got to share some goats. Well, we're going to do that. But I want to I go ahead and set the stage for my goats first, please. Okay. Thank you, since you um, <laughs> stepped over me there. Um, my goat is not— and Mel, this goes today. this goes straight to you. My Maybe vote is, is not Sam Weish, okay? Because Sam, <laughs> Sam said you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. All right, so it's not because you live in Cleveland. All right, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, you live in Cincinnati. I screwed that up. But my goat is general. But at the time, I did leave in Cleveland. You lived in Cleveland. Yeah. You, you, you actually. Yeah, that's right. You actually personify both of those pieces of that quote. But now I understand what he was talking about. <laughs> that's yeah. right. uh, but my goat today is, is uh, General Patton. Uh, because if anybody knows how to get in the foxhole, if anybody you want when you go to war, there, there's nobody better than that. And, and certainly uh, with a, a 90 million plus construction company and, and the multifaceted, uh, multi-complex pieces that you move on a daily basis, I think understanding that whole idea of waking up and knowing that you got to go to war and you got to have the people on your team that uh, understand that and have that same mm-hmm. kind of mindset certainly uh, makes up what uh, goatness, as John says, is all about. Let's wrap it up and let's hear what your goat is. And if you mind, do you mind? Would you stick around for a few more minutes and we'll do another? We're, we're a quick cast. We're different than a podcast. We're a car ride to work and a car ride home. So uh, if you if you have the time there in Charlotte. Uh, we'd love, and the other five people that are walking around downtown, we'd love to do that with you. <laughs> but, there are only five. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to do that. You, do you want me to give you my? Yeah, goal? go ahead let's and give us your go. Let's 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 finish. Let's finish on that. So I will tell you, I, I admire a lot of people and and how they how they move, but no one more than Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Yeah, Oprah Winfrey went on TV every single day, and in my opinion, made it look easier than anyone had ever made it look her natural interviewing style and personality um, just made it look easy and then she moved into acting on her own and i still remember her in the color color purple purple. and and i thought which is a very dark movie by the way i can't watch it twice but but her acting in there i thought oh my god this lady was in broadcast before this and in nashville by the way Yes, from from was. Nashville. Her All, dad still owns a barbershop here. Na- Nashville and Mobile, Alabama, are the womb of greatness. We'll, we'll do another show on that. Not but Mobile, yes. but Nashville for sure. Mobile for sure. <laughs> we'll have to debate that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so for me, but what you discover afterwards mm. is as how much work that takes, and how much attention to detail, and how much demanding her team to step to levels that they couldn't understand and how much it took to sign every check. So she understood the Mm. business that she was in. And if you just add up the things she's had to do to, to, to make it look that easy, um, 
Opal Winfrey is is the goat I bring to you today. Wow. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> hey, Her favorite things. <laughs> She's awesome. Uh, the, Oprah, I think, is is certainly right up there with, with Tom Brady in, in terms of uh, how she makes it look easy. Uh, you certainly have made it look easy from where you stand. And I know there's so much that happened between uh, that first moment of feeling intoxicated with uh, the bad boys of, of technology and IBM and all the way to saying, I'm going to launch my own business and, and I'm going to go and I'm going to do it my way. And, and so uh, I know in between those two places, there's a whole lot of work, a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of consistency. And uh, we're going to we're going to take a step back and pause. And, and we're going to do it all over again here in just a few minutes. But straight right here from Pod Studio One in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, for Tyler, for John, for our, our friend Carl, who always makes it look easy. Mel, we appreciate you taking the time from beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. And we know that you uh, live in Cincinnati and you're from Cleveland. And we're glad you were spent some time with us today. <laughs> and God love Sam Weish. We'll see you next time on the Go Consulting <laughs> Thank Podcast. You guys. Thank Boom. you.